Welcome to the Tweet Trends Podcast. Hey, Yvette, what's trending today? Hey, I'm Yvette. Hey, girl. And you are tuned into Tweet Trends. It's the quickest way to find out what's trending today. If you don't aim high, you won't go far. But I say that knowing that many young people have very difficult life circumstances and so on. But in the end, never let others define what your life can be. Dr. Shirley Ann Jackson. Hello and welcome back to Tweet Trends. Today's quote is by the person they were highlighting, and that's Dr. Shirley Ann Jackson. She was the first African-American woman to receive a Ph.D., from MIT in any field, but when you stop and take a listen to what she did get it in, then it's like, oh my gosh, seriously? The PhD was in theoretical elementary particle physics, okay? You had me at physics, okay? And this is coming from a math person. But she tells her story about having gone to MIT as an undergrad all the way through the PhD program and how it was a very isolating experience for her because she was actually one of the first handful of black students to be accepted into MIT. So this was a brand new day for MIT, a brand new day for these students. And she had to deal with this. She had to, to, to learn to, I guess, in a sense, go along to get along. Get along to go along. I don't know how that statement's supposed to go, but that's what she had to do. So she tells a story about how she remembered going up to a group of girls and asking if she could study with them. They had an assignment that they were working on and they told her to go away. And she's like, well, hold on, wait. You know, like she wasn't coming there to ride on their coattails. I've already done half of the assignment, just trying to come and be a part of the group. And they reiterated, go away. And, you know, she talks about how she went back to her room and cried after that. And I get it. I would have cried too, because you're sitting there thinking like, why am I here? What am I doing here? They don't want me here. But that didn't matter. That type of treatment just kind of stoked the fire within her. And she knew that it was going to then take that kind of resilience that she built up from having situations like that happen or going in the dining hall and sitting at a table and all of a sudden everybody's done eating and disappears or sitting at a table and nobody comes to join you, you know, is those types of things that she had to experience and put up with and overcome that then just pushed her on. And, you know, she did think about the whole idea of, do I really want to be here? But she knew that getting a degree from MIT or even still a PhD from MIT was going to speak volumes for her in her field. So it was like, you know what? I'm going to stick this out. And that's exactly what she did. As I stated, Dr. Jackson stayed at MIT partially because she knew what an MIT degree 
would do for her, how it would help her in her career once she left the school. So she went all the way through, got the PhD, and was like, oh yeah, time to do some work. But the other part to why she stayed there was that she was not going to give those students and staff members the satisfaction of thinking that they ran her off and caused her to just kind of leave her dreams by the wayside. That wasn't going to happen. So what she did was she just kind of stepped off to the side, hung back in the shadows, was a really quiet student, minding her business, And then something happened to change all of that. And that something was the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. When that happened, everything changed. Dr. Jackson knew at that point that she was in a very special position where she could now make some changes around the school to better support other African-American students. So what she did was she helped to organize a group of African-American students, which ultimately became the Black Student Union. And this group, they drafted proposals. You hear that? Proposals, not demands, even though in their minds, I'm sure they were demands. But they were proposals to recruit more minority students, support them financially, improve their life at MIT, hire more minority faculty members, just little things here and there that would make a minority student feel like they were a part of the MIT family and not just here, there, everywhere, waiting to try to chase you off to leave us alone. And so shortly after all of that, she was appointed to a task force on educational opportunity. So that was right up her alley at that point. So during her first semester of graduate school, she went on a recruiting trip. And in that whole process, she helped to put together and then taught in a summer program called Project Interphase. Now, this program was designed to provide academic support for incoming minority freshmen and just acclimate them to MIT because they were going to need that. And the the program was a huge success. And now it's called Interphase Edge. To summarize, Dr. Jackson earned her PhD in physics from MIT back in 1973 making her the first African-American woman to receive a doctorate in any category. From there, a couple years later, she joined the theoretical physics research department at Bell Labs, where she conducted successful experiments using her knowledge of physics to foster advances in telecommunications research while working there. She also conducted breakthrough basic scientific research that enabled others to invent things like the portable fax, touch-tone telephone, solar cells, fiber optic cables, and the technology behind caller ID and call waiting. And for that, I say thank you, Dr. Jackson. But there's more. From there, she began advising New Jersey's Governor Tom Keene on ways that the state should invest in science and technology, 
Then from there, she joined the faculty at Rutgers. She was appointed the chair of the U.S. Nuclear Regulatory Commission by President Clinton, where she was the first woman and the first African-American woman to serve in that position. She helped to establish the International Nuclear Regulators Association and served as its first chair. She became the first African-American woman elected to the National Academy of Engineering. She served as president of the American Association for the Advancement in Science of Science. She was appointed by President Barack Obama to the President's Council of Advisors on Science and Technology. And she was also awarded National Medal of Science for work in condensed matter and particle physics. And I don't even know what that is, but there's more. Um, Science-rooted public policy achievements and inspiration to the next generation of STEM professionals. Thanks so much for joining me for today's episode and celebrating Dr. Jackson and all of her many achievements. And you know, in thinking about her story, I wonder sometimes that people who go through the types of treatment that she did, I wonder if that's a setup. If you go through that type of treatment to then form the grit, to thicken your skin, because there's something out there that's so much greater for you. And you have to go through that to then be able to get to the other side and help others along. Because she didn't just do what she did for herself. When she was at MIT, she opened the door for other students to come to MIT. So that's just something to think about. The next time you're in some tough situations and you're trying to come up with the right answer, whatever you decide is going to be the right answer for you. If it's to stick with it or to step away, either one. There is no right answer from anybody else in this situation other than yourself. But just think about it. Am I going through this to then be able to pull somebody else through, to help them along, to show them the light? I don't know. What do you think? Let me know. You know where to find me. Twitter and Instagram at HeyEvette. That's at H-E-Y-E-V-E-T-T-E. Or just look for the hashtag Tweet Trends.